Three decades ago, the Power Rangers franchise captured my imagination. Like many of my fellow children of the 90s, I watched after school, joined the official fan club, wore the Halloween costumes, and, of course, collected the toys. While I eventually put those toys away, the flame of my Power Rangers fandom never died. Now, on this podcast, I am re-examining the legendary Mighty Morphin era and the modern comics that have redefined the franchise. It's time to get back to action. Welcome to Summoning the Zords, a Power Rangers fan journey. I am your host, Anthony Desiato. Joining me to discuss the Green Ranger television saga following Green with Evil is the owner of Undiscovered Realm in White Plains, New York, Chris Wilcock. Welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. I've been looking forward to talking Power Rangers with you. We have done it before on my other show, My Comic Shop History. We did a couple of episodes years ago now on the Mighty Morphin movie, as well as the 2017 movie. So those episodes are out there. We will also cover those again on this show down the line. And I'm sure I'll have a different perspective now after going through everything that I'm going through on this new show. But I'm excited to have you here for this. Last month, uh, comic book artist V. Ken Marion and I, we talked about Green with Evil. And now we're looking at the remaining you know, key critical episodes and arcs in Tommy's Green Ranger tenure before he comes back as the White Ranger. So specifically, the episodes we watch for this, I'll give a quick rundown, and then of course we'll unpack everything as we make our way through the episode. Gung-Ho, where Tommy and Jason have to learn how to work together. Green Candle, parts one and two, where Rita successfully casts a spell, stripping Tommy of his Green Ranger powers. Return of an Old Friend, parts one and two, where Tommy is back in action. Green Dream, where Goldar and Zed try to accelerate the process of removing Tommy's powers for good. Green No More, Parts 1 and 2, where Tommy's Green Ranger powers finally give out for good. And lastly, Missing Green, where the Rangers, but specifically Jason, Jason is really dealing with guilt over not being able to save Tommy's powers. So those are the episodes that we watched for this. And man, did I have fun watching these. I don't know what your experience was, but I had such a good time. Yeah, I just I just rewatched them all today, so they're pretty fresh in my mind, obviously. Um, and yeah, uh, I hadn't seen most of these since their original run, honestly. Like I, I've rewatched bits and pieces. I, to be honest, I've been like waiting to rewatch the whole thing to do it with my son if he has any interest. Um, so I didn't want to do it and then do it again. Um, but uh, yeah, it was kind of cool to revisit them, you know, without being like ten or whatever I was, eleven. I don't even remember how old I was when they came out, but. That's the thing. Maybe younger. You know, I think you and I, I think our experiences are similar in that we, this was a big part of our childhoods and then we really have not been watching and rewatching them in the years since. And so it's really fascinating to go back. And I, I, I just watched it by myself over the past couple of nights, but I kept saying to my wife, I was like, these are legit good. I mean, yes, the nostalgia factor is there, but even like, even taking that into account and, and yes, in, to be fair, we're watching, you know, some very epic high stakes pivotal episodes yeah. but still man i i was i was really in it yeah you know and that's that's funny you say that because i did um so i have the box set that like time life put out or whatever like years ago um so at one point i did put on the first disc and i was like i'm gonna watch this and uh i was like man this is so cheesy like i can't believe i didn't realize how cheesy this was but then watching these it wasn't cheesy at all like at all like i was i i literally that was the first thing i noticed in like the first 10 minutes i'm like wow this is like actually pretty good and um so yeah, i was surprised by that for sure yeah definitely so let's start as i like to you know each time i have a new guest on the show where you know i would love to know a bit about your power rangers fan journey like how old were you when you were initially watching how long did you watch and i i guess 
any, you know, any, any key aspects of the show that, that really stuck with you and, and made it resonate with you? Yeah, for sure. Um, what, what year I'm trying to remember now, like what year the original run was 93, um, 93. Okay. That's what I thought. So I was, I was born late 83. So I was like nine, 10, you know, uh, when it started. And I don't think I started watching like as soon as it came out, probably like it was probably like a couple months into the run. Um, but definitely started watching before all the Green Ranger stuff way before. Um, and that's another thing I was really surprised. Like, I forgot how many episodes there were. Like it was like 60 episodes in like the first season or something like that. It was insane. Um, so I definitely um, was pretty young, but I was old for Power Rangers, if that makes sense. Like, I remember all my friends like kind of making fun of me because I like uh, finally got like the Dragon Dagger um, after months of hunting for it. And I just remember like them just like being like, what's wrong with you? Like, why you have that? That's for like little kids. And I was so happy I had it. And I remember just being like kind of like, like upset, like, ah, screw you guys. Um, So, but uh, yeah, I got into it and I got really into it. I mean, like I was obsessed and. Um, my biggest memories, um, and I think I shared this story with you when you, you asked me to be on this episode, was like, I remember the O.J. Simpson trial kept interrupting um, Power Rangers a lot. Like, uh, they kept breaking in whenever something big happened. And I remember two key things. I, one of the Green Ranger uh, episodes got interrupted for me um, by Cato Kalin <laughs> testifying in the O.J. Simpson trial. And then my grandfather took me somewhere after school that we weren't supposed to go, and I missed the green candle part two um, as a kid. And uh, it wasn't like now there was no replays. It was no, not, you missed that. Like, I, I don't think I ever even saw the second one until like, until like 20 years later or something when the DVDs came out. So th- those resonate with me like crazy. And, and a quick little story um, with the Cato Kalen thing years later, because obviously we do a lot of comic cons. I was in new Orleans and Cato Kalen used to be the, the host of wizard world. He would like run the entertainment stage and I get in the elevator. Kato Kalen walks in the elevator. We go to the next floor. Jason David Frank walks in the elevator. And I was like, my life has just come full circle. Like, this is crazy. Like, if I could tell my, like, you know, nine-year-old self that this would happen one day, it would just blow my mind. And uh, and I remember calling Fox when they interrupted the thing and complaining. And, and I'll never forget it. I remember it to this day. I waited on the hold for, like, 20 minutes. And I was like... Um, they were like, how, Fox, how can we help you? And the lady's like clearly annoyed before she even said, and I was like, I have a complaint. And she's like, let me guess you're mad about power Rangers. And I was like, but yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and, and that's, that's burned in my head too. But, um, but yeah, I have a lot of good memories of power Rangers, big part of my youth. That's, that's amazing. I mean, first of all, that's surreal that you had that elevator experience. Did you say anything yeah. to either one of them? No, no, I was kind of just in shock and like, you know, what am I going to be like? Hey, you know, when I was 10, like this guy, interrupted. you know, I, I should have in retrospect, but I was just like, man, this is, this, and it was like eight o'clock in the morning <laughs> It was really on a Sunday and everyone's just exhausted and like sick of being there, you know? Um, but yes, yeah, what, what are, what are the odds? Right. And, um, <clears throat> but yeah, but that, the toys, you name it. I mean, I was obsessed, like everything about it, the movie, uh, you know, I went to like the first show on the first day and just a big, big fan. Gotcha. Yeah. I mean, th- this whole idea of, you know, really being out of luck if you miss an episode. I mean, I get it. I remember those days. I talked about this in the last episode when I was talking about my my Power Ranger fan journey where, I mean, I remember having my VCR. I'm a little kid. I mean, it's the early 90s. I'm like, you know, six, seven, eight, like, and I had my VCR and I was taping these things if, if I wasn't going to be there because it's, yeah, it's not like, it's not like it is now. And especially these episodes that we're talking about, 
you know, you miss one of these random episodes in between, you'll be okay. But these were high stakes. Oh yeah, for sure. And, and that's another thing I, I made. I made some notes while I was watching. Like, there's so like I didn't realize. Like, aside from there being so many episodes, like this Green Ranger arc really goes like over a long period of time. And I don't remember. Like, I remember like the major beats of the the you know the, the arcs and stuff like that. But like. I don't remember there being so many like inter interweaving stories, you know, where like it, it plays back into the other episodes when I was a kid. And I was really surprised by that and uh, kind of impressed that like it really, really had that. Cause I remember aside from those two parters and five parters, like nothing really ever linking together, you know? So I was, I was surprised to see that. Yeah. I have to say, you know, for any power Rangers fan listening to this, if you haven't watched these episodes together in a block, they play really well. And yeah, it, do it, do it. Again, it really does conjure the sense of, of the show being even even more epic when you're watching all of these back to back. And then I guess one last question uh, as far as your Power Ranger fan journey, how far into the series did you get? Because I think I mentioned last time, I I kind of tapped out towards the end of Zeo. So I made it all the way through Mighty Morphin and through most of Zeo, but I didn't do Turbo or or space or any of that or anything, you know, beyond that, how far did you get? Yeah. I'm kind of in the same boat. And and that's something I brought up to like people so much over the years. It's like, I was so into this show and everything. And I don't, it's like, I just stopped one day, like somebody flipped a switch and it was just over. And I, I can't for the life of me, remember why or, or how that happened. Um, I definitely watched some of Zio, but if that's all a blur to me and I must've, it must've really just been like, Oh, it's different. It's different suits and different rangers now. Like I don't care anymore. That's all I can think is what happened. Um, but I don't have much memory after that. Like I don't. I never saw the second movie until much later. Um, <clears throat> so I guess the movie came out, and I probably had like a year after that, as best I can can remember. It's it's so interesting to hear you say that because, and I won't. You know, I won't rehash what I said last time, but that was so similar to my experience. Like, I wish I could, I wish I could say like, oh, I know I stopped watching for this reason. It was just, and the thing that's even crazier in my case, you know, like what you just described, like, oh, maybe because they were, you know, changing out the the costumes and all that stuff. It wasn't even that. Like, I liked Zio. (laughs) Like, I really liked it. I was excited when Jason came back as the Gold (laughs) Ranger. I really couldn't tell you what it was that I was just done at a certain point. I, yeah. Well, how how old I was older. So like how old were you though when Zio was out and stuff like that? Because that could have been it too. I, you know, I was probably pushing 13 or something by that time, 14. So I'm not gonna be I'm like chasing girls or something. You know? So I was like nine or but, ten. It's like yeah. nine or, yeah. So that's but that's even weirder, like that, for you. Because like what what were you doing at nine or ten where you were like, ah, I'm done with this, you know? Well, comic books. I mean, so I I wonder if that uh, if that maybe, maybe yeah. played into it a little bit as well. I, I did like I said last time, I, there was definitely this tipping point with kids in my class where, you know, for the first few years, like everyone was into it. And then I think when I was in third grade at the end of Mighty Morphin, people were kind of falling off, but it was still popular. And by fourth grade, the Zeo year, like there were only a few of us left. And I, I'm sure that played a role, but Definitely. It was probably the same with me too. Yeah. I just wish I could pinpoint something more like more specific, but I, I know, I know it's so weird. Cause like I can remember like crystal clear stuff from like pre-K and kindergarten, but I can't remember why I stopped watching one of my favorite things ever. I don't know. It's weird. Yeah. But, um, but it's, it, I mean, it's crazy how popular it still is and, and it stayed, you know, I was going to say like, maybe it took such a downturn in popularity if we're all having the same experience, but it didn't seem like it because it stayed on forever. It's still on. So I know we're coming up on the 30th anniversary. It's it's really amazing. And that's, you know, one of the reasons why I wanted to do this to, to celebrate it and to go back and, you know, see it, see it with fresh eyes, 2022 adult eyes 
It's fascinating. And what's funny is that coming into this podcast series, I think, I hate to say forcing myself, but motivating myself to read the Boom Studios comics, that was a huge part of why I wanted to do this podcast. And the comics will be a big part of the podcast. In fact, our next couple of episodes will be devoted to the first couple years of the Mighty Morphin Power Ranger series that Boom put out. But after this viewing experience over these past couple of episodes, I, I you know, really the, the show and the comics now are really hand in hand for me. You know, I, I really, I, I'm excited because they're, the way I've designed the rest of our, of our upcoming episodes will be sort of weaving in and out, you know, in between the show and the comics. And I, I'm way more excited now than I, than I thought I would be to be rewatching these episodes. So it's, it's been fun. Cool. Yeah. I, I only have like a little bit of experience with the comics and I, I have a lot of them, um, especially shattered grid and that whole run I have. And that's something I really wanted to dive deep into. You know, maybe I will now after rewatching some of this stuff. Um, but, uh, but yeah, what, what, uh, I, I don't want to like get ahead of ourselves here, but real quick before we get into this, what, um, portion of it does what you're going over cover shattered grid and all that, or are you not getting into that? We'll be getting there. We'll be getting oh, there. Cool, cool, we'll, cool, uh, cool. okay. That, that, that'll come, I, I want to listen to that. Yeah. That'll come a little bit later, but you know, the reason we started with green with evil and then, and then these episodes that we're talking about now is that the first arc of the boom comics picks up after Tommy's been freed from Rita's spell. And I haven't read it yet, but, you know, from what I understand, you know, it really delves into what he was dealing with, you know, mentally, uh, emotionally yeah. after going through that, which, you know, the show didn't necessarily have the real estate for or the equipment for. Oh, yeah, at all. Yeah. Uh, so, it, so it'll be cool. But again, you know, rewatching these episodes gives you that context and it's, and it's awesome. So as far as overall impressions of the episodes we watch, one the one of the, the, the theses that I put forth in the last episode was I felt like Green with Evil was ultimately more of a Jason story. As much as it introduced Tommy, I know it's every, you know, it's the Green Ranger arc. I get it. But watching those episodes, you know, Jason's the one who has to rally the team when they feel like they, they've lost. Jason's the one who's fighting Goldar powerless in the dark dimension. Jason's the one who ultimately frees Tommy from the spell and invites him to join the Rangers. Like I, that was yeah. the thing. And it was kind of surprising as I was watching it. I was like, oh, I, really, I feel like this is more of a Jason story. And Tommy, I, you know, I wished that in that arc, there had been any moment where Tommy were resisting the spell or anything like that. Like he's really just puppeted throughout the, the episodes. So it was really interesting now to go into these episodes because watching these, I was like, okay, now I get why I and everyone else love Tommy so much because you do see his heroism in these episodes. It's on full display. And I, I think oh, these, yeah, for like, sure. these and, episodes and, and cement a- his legendary status. Yeah, definitely. And and I, I do feel like he was not that any of them were like setting the world on fire with Oscar performances, but like I feel like he was on the higher end of the performance, you know, scale, um, at least in these episodes where he was front and center. Um, and he was like the new exciting thing. And I, I don't know. It just uh, and really, honestly, like I think it's just that vet, the, the, the dragon vest, like the dragon armor, right? Like he just stood out. He was the he was the one that he had the coolest weapon. He had the coolest sword. Everything about it was cool. So. I know. And I was, yeah, I was never a Red Ranger guy. I don't know. So. Yeah, I, I don't know. As, I, as I'm rewatching these, I've I, I've come to favor uh, Red Ranger, uh, even just a little, like a hair ahead of of Green Ranger. But these these episodes here with Tommy were, I thought, were so strong. The, the things that really resonated the most with me, I think, were, and you were getting at this before, the you know the callbacks to prior episodes, which you know I don't know that you always got a ton of in the show, but 
Uh, for example, in Green Candle, when uh, you know Jason goes to the dark dimension to try to get the candle, you know they reference the fact that he's been there before. So it yeah, makes Goldar, the most sense. when he's like, "Good to see you again," or whatever. Yeah, I, I noticed that too. That was interesting. You know, things like that, or uh, again, even even in that last episode, Missing Green, where Jason's you know dealing with his his guilt over this, and again, it goes back to that all the way back to the Green Candle story where yeah. he had to make the tough call to actually leave to go help the other rangers and he was like i should have stayed i should have gotten the candle I, you know i you know i appreciated stuff like that and i also appreciated that i felt like these episodes allowed for for some some true like genuine character moments you get the the budding uh tommy kimberly romance again you get jason's guilt uh tommy's own arc his own you know disappointment uh, but ultimately acceptance over uh, losing his role as as the Power Ranger, and there's a bittersweetness. There's a very bittersweet quality to uh, to a few of these episodes, and a couple of them end on surprisingly and unusually somber notes. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I was surprised by that too. You know, how about you? What what were some of the uh, your overall impressions of after watching these episodes? Yeah, I mean, you're you're uh, taking taking a lot of my points for Sorry. sure. I, I, we, no, it's fine, it's fine. But it's funny, like we were on the exact same page with a lot of the stuff. Like almost all my notes are, are a lot of the things you just said. I don't know. It was just um, again being surprised by how serious it was in these this run, and and again the throwbacks, like you said, I made a note about that. Like in um, what was the last episode? Uh, green gone or whatever. Missing green. Missing green. Yeah. Like Jason literally says, yeah, like you said, I should have got that candle. But and that's like 30, 40 episodes back at that point, you know, if not more. Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, I was, yeah, and and being surprised by how not cheesy these were. Um, some of the effects were that's something I wrote down, like in the green cat, like when the little rainbow like sparkles coming off of it. And I don't know if you remember like when Tommy's in those like handcuffs. <laughs> I was like, wow, this is like top tier nineteen ninety-three effects. Um but yeah, um, I don't know. I just it reinforced how much I love the Green Ranger for sure. It was cool to re rewatch all these arcs. Um, and it was funny to seeing like Jason and Tommy interacting, knowing like they hate each other's guts in real life. So like looking back on it with that perspective was interesting to me, especially when he's like, you know, you know, like Jason's always like saying nice things about him and blah, blah. And I know like he's probably hating it the whole time. So that was, that was a different way to view it. Also, um, seeing the Red Ranger with the dragon shield. So like, because I missed that episode, um, for like years and years when all those toys were coming, I'm like, when did this happen? Like, I don't remember this at all. And it was cool to like get to rewatch that. Finally. And I was like, oh yeah, yeah, it was the second part that I didn't get to see. Well, so it's actually the first time that happens is in Gung Ho. Okay. Which I know you didn't get a chance to watch. Yeah, that's I, the only one I didn't get to rewatch. Cause yeah. I sprung that on you very, very last minute. Uh, you know, originally I was planning to cover that in the last episode and then I was like, you know, green with evil, we had more than enough to talk about. And so I, I kind of included it in, in this viewing for myself. Uh, but that's the first time that it happens. And yeah, it's such a cool, so that's the thing. I think they're really, that there's so much to be said for that shield. Cause it's like, it's awesome on Tommy. And then when someone else gets it, it's like, oh, it's amazing. Yeah, no, it's really, really cool. What did, what, how did he get it in Gung Ho? Okay. So Gung Ho, actually, you know, before we, before we, let's get into the, the individual episodes and we'll okay, kind of, sure. we'll kind of lay it out. But before that, we'll take a quick commercial break. We'll be right back. Acme Comics is a locally owned and operated full-service comic book store in Greensboro, North Carolina, for people of all ages and walks of life. Since 1983, this nine-time Eisner Award nominee uses their collective knowledge and resources to connect you with the best material available. They pride themselves on their significant contemporary and vintage back-issue selection. Mail-order subscriptions to new releases are available, and all offerings are available to anyone, anywhere, via mail order. Follow Acme on social media and eBay. 
listen to the Acme cast on all podcast services and visit acmecomics.com for much more. Film lovers and filmmakers should check out this family of film festivals, Brightside Tavern in Jersey City, Hang On to Your Shorts in Asbury Park, Point Lookout on Long Island, and In the Cut in Bloomfield, New Jersey. I was fortunate enough to have my work shown at these festivals, and I found them to be very enjoyable and well-run events. Submission information for filmmakers, as well as details about the festivals generally, can be found at filmfreeway.com. Follow the festivals on social media for news and updates about events, discounts, tickets, and more. Also, be sure to listen to the Hang On To Your Shorts and Cullen On Film podcasts available via a shared universe network. Fat Moose Comics is New Jersey's best and oldest comic book store. Established in 1982 and currently under new ownership, Moose sells a wide selection of new and old comics from every publisher, action figures, graphic novels, posters, statues, and more. If you're looking for something and they don't have it, they can probably get it for you. They know a guy. Visit Fat Moose in Whippany the next time you're in the Garden State, and be sure to reach out via the Fat Moose Comics Facebook page. Flat Squirrel Productions is an affiliate of BCW Supplies. The next time you need to restock on comic book bags, boards, boxes, and more, be sure to use promo code FSP, that's FSP for Flat Squirrel Productions, to save 10% on your order, and it helps support the show. Thank you. Oh Yeah Comics celebrates and promotes everything that is wonderful about comics, toys, artwork, and the joy they bring to people. Visit them in person at one of their three locations, Harrison, New York, which happens to be my local comic shop, Skokie, Illinois, or Muncie, Indiana. If you have children and have been looking for a family-friendly store, look no further. Join Oh Yeah for exciting events, including creator signings, how-tos, and more. Visit awyeahcomics.com and follow Oh Yeah on social media for more. Their name says exactly how they feel about it. Oh Yeah. And we're back. Okay, so as promised, let's let's start with Gung Ho. Uh, Again, I know you didn't have a chance to watch, no sweat. Uh, I'll lay it out really quickly. I mean, what's funny about it is a lot of screen time in this episode, like a a surprising amount of screen time is devoted to this uh, tag team uh, ninja tournament that Tommy and Jason are, are participating in. In fact, the episode concludes with the tournament and I clocked it. It's about five minutes, which... In terms of screen time, that's twenty five percent of the. It's episode, an eternity. Yeah. It you know there are no there's no Zord battle in this episode. It's it's kind of unusual in, in a couple of respects. But the episode starts with Tommy and Jason. They're practicing for this for this tournament, and they're just they're not in sync. It would have been cool, and I think this will be a theme on this podcast. Bear with me, people. But you know, again, I know the show wasn't built for this, but it would have been cool if they had gotten into why a little bit more. You know, if there had been any talk of, you know, maybe Jason felt threatened, right? That now there's yeah. this new, very powerful member of the team. Like, they don't get into any of that, but it's fine. They're not syncing up. They're both, you know, trying to take the lead, things like that. Uh, at the same time, Rita creates super putties. Do you remember super putties? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So she creates the super these super putties and sends them against the Rangers. And the only way to defeat the super putties is to go to this, like, mountaintop and obtain these special weapons, uh, and of course, when we get to that point, we're in the, you know, the Japanese footage and they, they even have the name of the Super Sentai show on them. <laughs> They're like these little blasters. And according to IMDb trivia, we never see them again in the show, but uh, they end up being key to this episode. But Zordon, knowing that Tommy and Jason are having this interpersonal conflict, pairs the two of them up. So while the rest of the Rangers are trying to deal with the Super Putties, he sends the two of them to try to obtain these weapons. 
And along the way, they encounter Titanus, the carrier Zord. First appearance, I believe. Uh, and they have to work together. And it, it's in that moment where, you know, Jason says something to him like, uh, I don't know, I can get up the hill faster, but you're better with the sword, something like that. And so they kind of have to, they really have to work together. And I think Tommy's like, oh, I'll cover you. And he gives Jason the shield for added protection as he's going up oh, the hill, something okay. like that. Uh, so that was the first time that he got it. And it was, you know, it was like, that was cool oh, yeah, to see. That's a big deal, yeah. Yeah. And they ultimately, of course, obtain the blasters and they're able to defeat the putties and Tommy and Jason, you know, compete in and win this tournament. Uh, and it's, again, I mean, it goes on. It's it's an extended uh, <laughs> fight sequence. Huh. What's funny too is that their opponents are these fully clad ninja fighters uh, brought in by Bulk and Skull. <laughs> like they're in full, you know, head to toe traditional ninja <laughs> garb and Tommy and Jason are shirtless. And it's like, what was this, like shirts and skins? It's like, it's like so weird. That's great, yeah. Uh, but look, kudos to those guys. And Ken and I talked about this last time. Like one of the things that I appreciate so much more now watching these episodes, not the shirtlessness, but their physical ability. It's like the fact that like they were yeah. doing the fighting. I think there's so much to be said for that. It's like why the show worked, especially for us as kids. I mean, it's it's so dynamic. It really It's really kinetic when you see them yeah. doing that. A hundred percent. Like even in um, the first episode I watched, like the first minute of it is, is – uh, you know, uh, Tommy fighting Zach in, in, uh, you know, the juice bar or whatever. And, uh, and I was like, wow, that's really impressive. And then Zach's doing all his dancing stuff and things like that. And like, I, you know, I just forgot like how much of that really was them. And especially for their age, it's really impressive. Yeah. Cool. Well, so anyway, I mean like that was gung ho, not, you know, not the most critical episode, but I, I, I included it because I thought it was interesting. It's, it's one of those instances where you get you know, more of a sense of what's going on between the characters and this idea that there's this conflict between them that they have to work out. So it was, it was kind of a cool one to watch. I would recommend it if, if you have to. Yeah, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm going to throw it on after this. I, that, that is really important because like that is something that they really should have dive dove more into with Jason and Tommy because, you know, it was there on the surface. But but you're right. Like that's kind of like high concept for little kids. <laughs> like So, yeah. Although, you know, I will say this and, you know, we can jump around. We don't have to you know strictly stay within each episode. I'll say that there are, you know, of course, there are always the messages that they're conveying for the kids, but I feel like they work in the, you know, some of the final episodes that we watched. I think, it, I guess it's during the the Green No More two-parter where the the new bad kids in town uh, become yeah. Zed's Dark Rangers. And prior to that, you know, they're facing off against our, our kids. And and then at the end, though, right, they they all, you know, convene at the, at the juice bar. And, you know, I think it's Kimberly is the first one to be like, hey. Maybe they just need some friends, right? And Jason goes up and he pays for their sodas. Four fifty at the juice bar. Only four fifty for five, for five sodas. sodas. That's a great deal. It's the nineties. It was a long time ago, yeah. thirty years ago. <laughs> uh, but it, you know, it was one of those things where I was watching that and I said to myself, you know, it's a good message for the kids. And I was like, you know what? It's also a good message for me now. Like, you know, yeah, that's true. Yeah. It's, it's so easy to write people off or to butt heads with them. And it's like, you know what? Sometimes maybe you just need to extend a hand in friendship. Yeah, no, I mean, you're right. I mean, I'm sure we could apply a lot of the stuff in these episodes. To being I'm getting a lot out of this. It's really, <laughs> yeah. It's really good. But going back to Titanus for a second, what what if any memories of that Zord and or the toy uh, do, do you have? Um, Not a lot. You know, he, he would just show up every now and again. I think one episode in this run that we watched, like they formed Ultra Zord um, and, and that's it. I only remember it a handful of times. I never had the toy when I was a kid. I only had a few of the Mighty Morphin like Zords. Um, I had all of the Thunder Zords, though. 
Um, so and even I got later in life when they did all the legacy ones and the metal ones, I, I bought all of them except Titanus because I had no attachment to it and it was like three hundred or two hundred dollars and I was like, oh, I'm not spending that. Wish I got it now because it's like a thousand bucks and like it was on clearance at Toys R Us forever and I still didn't get it. But um so even now I have all the toys, but I don't have Titanus. It's so funny, Titanus. I, I don't think I ever had Titanus. I remember I know you and I have talked a lot about Dragon's Den. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. There were a couple locations in Westchester County where we grew up. And I feel like I tried to get one there at some point and it didn't work out for whatever. I don't know whatever happened. But I don't think I ever had it. It was probably expensive too. Like it was big. Yeah, it was big. And I guess I didn't have, like, I guess like you, I didn't have that much of an attachment to it. It's like, you know, they would call it forth every now and then. But here's the thing. And this is more of an overarching idea about the show that is becoming clearer to me now as I rewatch these episodes. So in Gung Ho, Titanus, we find out, is ultimately um, sent by Zordon. Like that was a plant uh, to in order to foster this cooperation mm. between Tommy and Jason. Titanus was actually not trying to attack them uh, or, you know, was, but it was at the behest of Zordon. And Zordon describes Titanus as, as a friend, an ally. And that kind of goes hand in hand with, with one of the things that I've been realizing about the show, which is this melding of the mystical and the mechanical that I don't think I ever really fully appreciated. Now, I, I, I'm sure, you know, because we've talked about a lot of stuff. I'm not a fantasy guy. I love comics like science fiction, but I'm not a fantasy guy like Lord of the Rings, Harry Potter. I love that people love it. Not really my thing. So watching this, I think I always gravitated more to the scientific side of the show, whatever, you know, gadgets Billy was tinkering with and the morphers, like that piece of it. But it's dawning on me now how much of a mystical aspect this show had. And I, and especially with the Zords, yeah, right? Like I they come thought about that. Like the Zord, when the Zords are <clears throat> called forth, they're in their natural primordial habitats like doesn't make any sense <laughs> from a scientific yeah, yeah, perspective no, it doesn't, actually now that you're breaking it down yeah that's true i mean but even even with rita casting spells and dark dimensions and you know magic wax that steals your powers and you know there's a lot you're right 100 percent. and it's uh, now look for people listening you might, you might be like of course you idiot of course I, I you know i'm just it's one of those things that i just don't think i because it's not what i gravitate towards so i just don't think i ever really honed in on it and now as i'm watching it's like oh i get it <laughs> Yeah, you know, I just I never thought about it either. It's really funny that, and I am into all that stuff. And like, I, I played Magic since I was a little kid and stuff. So I, maybe that's why. Also, like, I just never. I was like, oh, it's just everything I watched has stuff like this in it or, or play or whatever. So I never thought it broke it down. But yeah, that's a really really good point. It's funny. Yeah. Hmm. So that was Gung Ho, uh, and then from there we went into Green Candle, parts one and two, which yeah. ac according to IMDb trivia. Uh, was originally intended to be Tommy's swan song, except for it. a planned cameo. I don't know if you remember the Doomsday two-parter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, he makes a little cameo appearance at the end of that during the Power Ranger celebration. But aside from that, like Green uh, Green Candle was meant to be the the farewell. But then all of the fans really rallied behind the character, and they decided to bring Too him popular. back, which makes so I much wonder, sense. I wonder how they rallied behind though back then, like because, letters. Like, yeah, I guess, but like, didn't they have like see, season one wasn't done at that point? Like, you know what I mean? Like they, they just added it all back in. I'm just curious. You know, there's no internet. There's no, you know, like you said, there's letters, but you know, uh, I guess the toys probably sold like crazy. 
that's one thing that's usually what drives everything like we're selling 10 times more of this one character we need more of them um but uh yeah that's not surprising that happens so much with shows like where like like in stranger things steve was supposed to die in season one and he was the most popular character so they're like we can't get rid of him it happens a lot you know it's funny so and it's always that pretty boy guy so i guess there's that too the hair you know yeah, it's the hair. hair. If you have long hair and you're making a cameo <laughs> you're good yeah look at eddie everybody yeah not to get off subject. I <laughs> know, uh, but there's something to be said for that. But and and that's the thing because I was looking at going through IMDb and because I was curious, I don't remember this from, from being a kid how long Tommy was gone for. But it's a good, I don't know, fifteen episode stretch yeah, at least yeah. or something. When I was like scrolling that. through, like trying to find the the next episodes to watch out of the list, I'm like, geez, there's a lot of episodes without Tommy, and it's like a long time before he comes back, and like it's just all a blur to me. But um, I mean, I I can attest like I was obsessed with Tommy when I was a kid. Like even he had I remember there's like this episode where he has like this like fishnet shirt on. And I was like, I need a shirt like I'm like 10 years old, you know, like I would have got my ass beat if I wore that shirt outside (laughs) by my friends. But like I wanted it so bad. And I remember Dragon Sen, the big one on Central, had this yin yang necklace. And Tommy had one for a while. I don't know if he wore it all the time or whatever. But I I was like, I need this yin yang necklace. And I, I obsessed over it for like three months until my mom finally gave in and bought it for me. And uh, like just anything that he he did, I was obsessed with. So I, I I can attest for the popularity. I mean, still, I mean, by far, he's he is Power Rangers. You know what I mean? It's true. I know he's endured. He later. you know he came back. I know he had a, a you know a, a lengthy tenure when he came back years later and continues to pop up. Yeah. So, uh, and again, though, I really think these episodes, in large part, really cemented cemented that status. They really elevated him because you see, you know, he's grappling with something. In these episodes, the 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 loss, the potential loss of his powers, the actual loss, the gradual loss in the later episodes, right? Because when he comes back, he he gets charged up, but it's not meant to last. And so there's, yeah. you know, we don't watch all these episodes, but I, I I believe that in those episodes they continually reference the fact that you know he only has so many morphs left in him, so many yeah. battles. So I think, I think he, yeah, go on, sorry, no, go no, on. you go. I was gonna say like that's something that stood out to me too, where like. He's like, I got one, you know, one fight left. And it's just like random monster number seven. They're like, all right, I'm ready to go. I figure maybe you save him for like some extra threats, you know, like, I, I don't know. I don't know. That was something that jumped out at me. too. It was so funny because there's this whole conversation. I don't know exactly what you're talking about. And there's a whole conversation in the command center where Zordon's like, you know, all right, Tommy, you know, it's ultimately your call, you know, whether you want to save it or, or go into battle now. And it's like instantly he's like, count me in, guys. It's like, <laughs> do you want to think about this a little yeah. bit more? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Uh, and then, but as far as Tommy's absence, yeah, once he comes back in Return of an Old Friend, he's basically there after Green No More. He's MIA for just a couple before he comes back in White Light. And, and I guess that was probably just to make people think that he was actually is it gone. Just a, is it just a couple? It's just a couple. Really? So, like, I mean, I don't know if you remember when it originally aired, how it aired. Like, they put part one on at the beginning of the summer and part two didn't air until, like, Labor Day. Like after school started again. So it was like you got out of school. That was the last thing. And then all summer you had to wait to find out who the White Ranger was. Uh, And like in retrospect, obviously it was Tommy. But like and, you know, that was the guess. But like people still weren't sure of it. And I remember like how stressful that was like the whole summer, like just waiting to see that second part. It was a big, 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 big deal. The only other time I ever remember anything like that is like when the Simpsons shot Mr. Burns and you had to like wait all summer to find out who it was like. It's the only time like it was really good marketing because every kid on the playground, that's all they were talking about. I So, you know, we'll actually cover 
the the dawn of the White Ranger era. We'll we'll get to that down the line on the show. But it's so funny you say that. I remember. <laughs> Sorry for the spoiler, guys. Yeah, Tommy's, yeah. Tommy's the White Ranger. I what's so fascinating is this is a little tangent, but it's relevant. So bear with me, folks. Yeah, uh, yeah. Last last month, Ken and I were talking about the Super Sentai series that this was based on and that this used footage from. And at the time, Ken neither Ken nor I had ever really delved into that. Just to keep the audience posted, since then, Ken actually bought the the first uh, box set of the Super Sentai series, and he's gotten like really into it. Uh, and I'll borrow it from him when he's done. So we'll likely cover that in the future. But what's so funny is that in the Japanese show, the White Ranger's a kid. And so I, I watched a little bit of of the White Ranger footage from the American show, and, and I don't know, that, you know if this might ring a bell for you, but... Like the first time that he morphs and he calls on his Zord, he's like jumping around. He's like manic almost as the White Ranger. He was <laughs> a kid. That. Yeah, that's so funny. I yeah. never realized that he was a kid. I, I never. I should. I should dive into that too. I don't know why I never watched it. You know, but as a kid, you didn't even know that that was a thing. You know. No, that's now where. The thing. Where were you going to get a copy of it? Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know yet. <laughs> but going back to who the White Ranger was, I remember making a bet. This was, I think, second grade. I remember making a bet with two kids in the class and I was convinced I bet I put my money on Richie, the new kid, <laughs> which again, now as an adult, you look at it as that he's clearly a red herring. He's clearly meant yeah. to make you think, Oh, this is a new character. He's going to become a ranger. And I, I, I put my money on him. We didn't bet much. Thankfully, I think it was like a quarter, but I was you know quickly proven wrong. But yeah, no, I was like, I fell for it. You know, Tommy was gone for a couple of episodes. They introduced this new character. I was convinced that's who it was yeah. going to be. Yeah, and I was, that's why I was so surprised. Like, I felt like that was such a long time without Tommy there that, that it was, like, even remotely possible that it wasn't him. But it's yeah. funny to hear you say that. So Green Candle, this, going back to the, you know, the bittersweet m- moment, you know, this two-parter is really bookended with Tommy pining for, for Kimberly, right? In the beginning, he's, you know, practicing with Zach and Zach's like, hey, you're going to ask Kimberly to the dance and Tommy's, you know, he's not working up the nerve. And then, of course, we get to the end, his powers are gone, but he's he's able to make his move with Kimberly and, you know, it, it ends on on that that hopeful note. But, I mean, what stood out to you about about this Green Candle two-parter? Um, You know, I don't know. Um, I guess... I don't know if anything like particularly stood out to me. Like it was, I was kind of like a wash in like nostalgia for it because like, that's like the first memories I have of power Rangers. So I probably did get into it not too long before that. Um, So it was just kind of like revisiting that and, and just, I don't know. I I didn't, I didn't like pick out anything in particular, you know, to me, those are probably like the two that. And when the white Ranger comes in are like the, the most iconic episodes to me. So, and when I think of Power Rangers, that's immediately when my mind goes to. Yeah. So I guess there's that. But. So as I'm sure people remember, right? Rita Repulsa creates this candle and when it, when it burns out, Tommy's powers will be gone. Oh, this was another instance where I realized, I don't think I ever, fu- I still don't know that I fully understand how their powers work, but <laughs> I think it's clearer to me now. It, my understanding after watching all these episodes with the candles and the coins it seems like they are imbued with certain powers and the coins are the key. And I actually went back to the pilot and Zordon does say that the, the coins, you know, unlock are the key to your power. Uh, Cause as I was watching this, it was a little unclear to me what exactly like at one point I thought they had Tommy's morpher all like that, that Goldar had taken the morpher, but then, you know, Tommy still had it, but his powers were still draining. Uh, and then at the end, 
Zordon is able to preserve the power by having Tommy transfer the coin to, to Jason. I, I don't know. I, I still that, don't know that, that, that I totally was, get yeah, it. That, that was a little weird. I didn't understand like how that stopped it and why they didn't just do that immediately. Right. And, and why, you know, he was able to then get it back later. Um, why they didn't just do that right away. Like, all right, I'll transfer it to you and then I'll take it back. All right. Problem solved. Um, so yeah, that was weird. You know, the, the movie, the movie that came out like a few years ago kind of dives a lot more into the power grid and, and all that stuff. So I think that kind of made it a little more clear for me. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that it was very defined back then. You know, that's like probably one of those things where they're filling in the blanks now. Well, that's the thing. I had to remind myself, all right, don't overthink this because there were a few instances. That was one. Also, <clears throat> their level of dif- difficulty in accessing this dark dimension, because I feel like sometimes in Green Candle, right? You know, Billy is building these uh, <laughs> these yeah. like prongs uh, in order to create a gateway to the dark dimension. But then other times I feel like they just teleport in. So I, I don't know. I-, I felt like a little inconsistent there. Sometimes they get yeah. in, you know, when they, I guess when they don't need to kill as much time, they can just teleport in. But <laughs> we have some time <laughs> yeah. to fill. Well, so we got to figure it I, out. I noticed that. That was one thing I noticed too. Like there's a couple times I noticed it with Goldar more than anything where like he repeats what he's saying two times in a row just because clearly they had to fill out the video footage from the Japanese voice actor. So who, who knows? It probably is something like that. Like, it, you know, they just work with what they had and let me go from there but let me ask you i mean as a kid did you ever stop and think like hey how how are they gonna exactly exactly no that's the thing and and i hope people know as we talk about all this stuff in these episodes it's not you know it's not meant to be nitpicky it's not meant to dump on the show i I love it it's just i'm thinking about these things again for the first time you should right yeah yeah, and it's just, you know, some of these things that, uh, yeah, would never have dawned on me as a kid. It's like, oh, you know, it, it makes you think now. But, and uh, one more thing along those lines, you know, putting the super putties aside, they're in their own category. But otherwise, you know, <laughs> I feel like the level of difficulty associated with the putties, that too varies, right? Most of the time, they're just sort of a minor inconvenience to the rangers, but when, you know, we're in one of these stories where one of the rangers needs to be abducted, all of a sudden the putties, yeah, they're all tied up. They're just, yeah. Like they're on top of you. There's so many of them. They, they teleport you out right away. So I felt like that was, yeah. you know, a little wonky there too. Yeah. Maybe send like, you know, 50 putties too, you know, instead of like five every time. Which putties, know. which putties do you prefer? Like the original version or the Zed version? Where I you, like the Zed ones. Yeah. I think. I just like their outfit better too with the stupid Z. It's the smallest little things, but like to me, that's what I think of when I think of them. I, I think those were the ones that really cemented in my head. The, the idea that when you hit them in that, in the chest, yeah. they, they disintegrate. Cause I remember like watching the earlier episodes that doesn't happen. And I, initially I said, wait, wait a minute. And then I realized, Oh, that when Zed comes in, we got the, the different version of the putties. Uh, one other funny thing. And you mentioned this before. So, you know, Rita creates this candle and then Goldar and the putties abduct Tommy and they bring him to the dark dimension chamber. And, you know, Tommy's watching the candle burn. It's still a little unclear why Tommy actually needed to be there. I, I think later on they made it clear that it that accelerated, like him being yeah, there accelerated the process. Yeah. All right. <laughs> but what you mentioned earlier where Goldar puts these, uh, you know, energy chains on him <laughs> and then he Goldar leaves. And it's like, <laughs> they're around his hands. <laughs> Yeah, like, that is why can't he still walk over to the candle and blow it out <laughs> blow it out kick it over anything <laughs> and my first thought was like why, why doesn't he just blow it out like because i don't know and then like goldar's like 
I bet you want to just blow it out or something like that, but I won't let you. So I was like, oh, okay, at least they like went over that because I was expecting them to just have them stand there. But I didn't, you know what? I really didn't even think about that. <laughs> now, it, look, it's that's, you know, there's, it's this very smoky chamber. So maybe his feet were immobilized and we didn't see it. You know, we don't know exactly how these energy chains yeah. work, but it just made me laugh that he's like, I can't get there. It's like, dude, it's just your hands. Even if, <laughs> yeah. even if your legs were tied, you hop. Yeah, Do exactly. anything you can. Just anything. Yeah, I don't know. But I, you know, honestly, what stood out to me most, other than the Tommy Kimberly piece, because that was a that was a new dynamic that you didn't, you know, that typically the show wasn't built for romance, especially you know, yeah. in between in between members of the team. So I thought that was cool. But also, again, it always goes back to Jason for me. The fact that Jason returns, Jason's like, I've been here, like I've been down this road, I fought Goldar in this dimension, I can do this, and he really is faced with this dilemma when he has to leave, and the fact that, like we said before, it later comes back to haunt him. I really thought it was a nice touch. So actually the Jason piece of it all really kind of stood out to me. You know? Yeah. I, I, I was like, I, I will say again, I'm definitely not like a big red Ranger guy, but I, I did enjoy him more rewatching it now. And he seems like more serious and more like, I know there's like a, a big section of the fan base that like, you know, he's the, he's the Ranger, like the red Ranger, he's the leader. He's blah, blah. And I just never felt that way, but I understood it a lot more rewatching it for whatever reason. Also, I don't know why in my head, for some reason, I just, I remembered like, I thought there was like a triangle between like Jason, Kimberly and, and Tommy. And I think now that I'm thinking about that, I think I was just thinking about Saved by the Bell with like Slater and Zach and, and, uh, and Kelly. And I must've like transposed that onto that. But, um, so I, I was waiting for that too. Like I always thought like they were in more of a competition or, you know, as leader of the team, as love interests, as everything. But um, yeah, I don't know how I made that up. It, it, it would fit, yeah. right? It would definitely fit. So I, I can, I can mm-hmm. certainly see that. Uh, and then of course, yeah, the, the farewell and the command center where Tommy does transfer the coin and the shield over to Jason. I think that's something that always stood out to me and, and, it's there, right? See, now I wonder, I might be conflating this with Green No More, but I think well, it's... I, I just watched it, so I could tell you. All right, in, so in at the end of Green Candle, is that when he's shieldless and he's glowing green as his body returns to normal? Yeah, yeah. Okay. He gives him the thing. I'm, I'm 99%. Oh, I think so, yeah. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I think that was it. So that was... Ken and I were talking about this last time, and I know you and I have talked about this before, too. Do the Rangers have "quote unquote" powers when they're unmorphed? I don't think so. All right, I don't. I don't either. Yeah, I don't. I don't think so. I think like they're just good martial artists or acrobats. All right. Well, that's that lines up with my understanding. You know, we talked about this last time. I know in the movie they they had enhanced abilities even before they morphed. The new movie. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, my understanding with the show. So it was just like when Tommy was transforming back, and you know he clearly his body was going through this transformation and Zordon says like his body is returning to his normal state. I didn't know yeah, what to I make of that. I, yeah. I don't know either. I think in, in the new movie though, like the suits were a part of them, right? It was like organic. Yeah. Like almost like venom or something. Right. Yeah. So, so that makes more sense that they would have abilities. But. So Tommy's powers are gone. You know, that was meant to be his swan song, uh, save for the cameo in that in that doomsday story, which was a cool it was a cool cameo because you're not expecting it and he shows up yeah. at the at the celebration. So that was a nice touch. But then we get to return of an old friend. Now, one thing I I mean, you know, we knew going in what it was going to be. And maybe as kids we weren't dialed into the credits, so maybe this doesn't matter. But they did credit 
Jason David Frank, uh, not in the opening credits, but in the credits during the episode at the beginning of it. And I felt like they should have held that back because when he showed, listen, you want to talk about yeah. badass epic moments? When we get to the end of Return of an Old Friend Part 1, and the Rangers have been forced to hand over their coins to Goldar to save their parents who have been put under a spell and transported to the Dark Dimension, and they're broken, they're defeated in the in the command center, and they're like, our coins are gone, and Jason goes, we still have one. And then we cut to the youth center and you see the footsteps. Oh, yeah. Walking in and the music play. Like, it is such a cool moment. Yeah, that was pretty epic. That was really, I, I noticed that too. That's something I wrote down. Like, unusually, like, epic. They made him, like, really badass. <laughs> like, even I, like, I knew who it was going to be. And for, like, the first second, I was like, wait, is this not Tommy for some reason? Like, <clears throat> so, yeah. yeah, good job. That was a, yeah, I mean, you got to give them credit. They really executed that. Well, that's the thing. Even even knowing that, it's still, it still really worked, man. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I really was impressed by that. Uh, you know, in part one of that, of that story, you know, there's this, you know, parents day, right, at the youth center. Yeah. It seems to be school sponsored, but they're holding it at the youth center. Yeah. Because that's. Oh, you, know, you have to have a venue, I guess. You have to, yeah. I mean, you'd assume they have a gym at the school, right? But. <laughs> I love how I, what were your impressions of their parents? Um, yeah, I found that, I found that pretty interesting too. Um, you know, and then, and then they got really like uh, drama filled with Kimberly and her divorced parents and blah, 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 blah. Just a reason to get them outside, I guess. <laughs> but um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. It was, it was kind of stereotypical. I felt like, you know, they fit like exactly what you would think. But. Yeah. Yeah. It did get a little after school, especially with uh, Kimberly yeah. and Trini outside where, you know, Kimberly's like, I feel like it's my fault. And Trini's like, how could you think that? You know, they both love you. <laughs> yeah. A very special episode of Power Rangers. Yeah. <laughs> Today on a very special yeah. Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I, w what struck me was how the parents also wore the appropriate colors. Oh, you know, I didn't even put that together. <laughs> I must have like glanced down while that part was on. Yeah, it was funny to me. I mean, really, so except for, so Zach's parents are in purple. They're not wearing all black. They're in purple. But otherwise, the, the rest of the of the parents, uh, or at least one of the parents, is dressed, you know, with the appropriate color. And the other thing that struck me, too, is Jason's dad, they they really played him as like a meathead. You know, he loses the, the arm wrestle battle with Trini's dad, and he's, I don't know, that, that was just kind of what struck me about him, but... Yeah, but I mean, Jay Jason's kind of a meathead. I mean, that's not really that far off. I guess. I feel like the father was in another <laughs> another yeah. category, though. But how do you think... I, I mean, look, this is a whole other conversation about, you know, where they get their clothes and, 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 and all of this. But it's like, how do you think the parents end up with with the same color? Well, yeah, that's weird. That's just that's just stupid. They shouldn't have done that, but... I don't, know. I don't know. I don't know. No, I'm just saying, like, if we were if we were to try to surmise in like an in-story narrative explanation for this, they see the kid I, the kid wearing the color and they're like, oh, yeah, it's maybe, like a way to bond maybe. with them. I guess. I mean that's it's a huge stretch, but it's probably the only <laughs> thing that makes any sense whatsoever. Well, I have that written down too. Like it's like I know they always wore it and it's so stupid, but it's just like, come on. Like the only place in the country that ever gets attacked is Angel Grove. Nobody else in the country is like, why are these giant monsters only attacking here? There's these five teenagers that wear the same color that are always together and always disappear when the fights happen. And nobody puts it together. You know, it's just like, yeah. I mean, I know you have to suspend disbelief. But it's like, come on. I mean, it's kind of like a Clark Kent thing, right? But I mean, at least he's not wearing like uh, blue and red all the time. Like, that That's the thing. And also, 
when, especially when we get to the point, and it happens in these episodes, where Bulk and Skull make it their mission to uncover the identities of the Rangers. Yeah. Now, look, we're not dealing with the brain trust here. So the <laughs> fact that they can't figure it out does make sense. But at the same time, if someone were really trying to figure this out, but this should not be that difficult. <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah, I made note of that too. Like, where I forget what they said, but they're like, you know, you heard, you hear what they said. They said Rangers, like blah 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 blah, and then they like see the whole thing, and then they still don't know because they're morons. But yeah, but yeah. again, as a kid, like it works. You know, like you're like, oh, these idiots. <laughs> True. I said this last time, and I'll probably say it every time we talk about episodes. My, I don't not get, I do not get a lot of mileage out of the bulk and skull. I find them very grating now. Uh, whereas as a kid, I didn't mind them. But I mean, how are, how are you finding the bulk and skull of it? I mean, I feel like the same as when I was a kid. Like they don't really bother me, but you know, they don't add anything. But I feel like they kind of need to be there. It kind of breaks up the. Otherwise, like if you think about it, like who else is really on that show? You see Ernie every now and again. There's nobody else. There's no teachers really. There's no anything. Like there's nothing. The even having the parents is kind of like a weird one. So like you have the same five people all the time. So I really think they're needed to kind of break that up. Otherwise, it's just nonstop. You know, the main six. No, I hear you. I do think that I feel like they do work better here than they do later on. I mean, I, I remember in the Zio season in particular, I think, I think that was that when they were training to become cops. Yeah, I, I vaguely remember that. But like, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, how much mileage can you get out of that? You know what I mean? Like, right. But what I was going to say is you know. I think we get, if I'm remembering correctly from Zio, I think we do get to a point where they really have their own storyline. You know, like they're the B story or yeah. C story, like in each episode. And I like here where they kind of pop in, you know, maybe once or twice and get a pie yeah. in the face. Okay, fine. Like that's, that's okay. But I think later <laughs> on when they get, when they're carrying more of the episode, that def- definitely didn't work for me. Is there, is there like a, uh, a Japanese version of Bulk and Skull or is that just strictly in the American? I'm, I'm really curious about that. Yeah, I don't know. I have adventure. to get back to you. I have to get back to you on that. But I, I liked in this return of an old friend, the, the initial tension of the parents being taken and the Rangers have to make a decision, you yeah. know, about whether to That's, hand over their coins. And I, I was, it was, uh, I thought that yeah. was well done. I was thinking about that and I was like, uh, Zordon's like, Hey, you made the right decision. And I'm like, uh, did they like, you know, they kind of just like gave away the fate of the world. I know it's your parents, but like, you know, if left unchecked, they're just going to destroy the world. You're going to have your parents anyway. So, but. I mean, maybe they could have insisted that Goldar release them first you know, they they, <laughs> they weren't necessarily the strongest negotiators, though I recognize well, yeah, they weren't yeah, in a great like, All right, position. Now, yeah, I, 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 yeah, that, that was another thing. Yeah, I don't know. But I liked, you know, I like that Zordon let them make that decision. Mm-hmm. You know, I, yeah. thought that, I thought that was a nice touch and, you know, created, yeah. you know, created a, a very believable and understandable and, and relatable dilemma for them. Yeah, Zordon really does kind of like, even when it's like really important, like, world changing stuff he kind of just leaves it in their hands to see you know they can learn and make the right decisions so yeah with, with this whole business with the parents being taken it, it prompted me to think of this question as well obviously it's a kid show right we're you know rita's not going to kill the rangers goldar's not going to kill their parents right we're never we're not going to get into that territory but i don't know it's like what what would be the in-story explanation for why Rita and Goldar and then later Zed don't go to more extreme 
measures? Is there some a code of honor that they're yeah. bound by in this mystical realm or, or something like that? Yeah, I don't know. You're right. I mean, especially Zed, like Rita, you know, Zed, Zed is pretty like, you know, he, he gets more down to business for sure. Right. Like, I mean, like even with the, he ultimately got rid of the Green Ranger. He's like, all right, enough messing around. So you're right. But, I, I you know, I guess. I don't know. Because, <laughs> and the other thing too is they see everything. Ken and I talked about this last time. I thought it was, it's so interesting to me that the villains know the Rangers' identities. You, you would yeah. think that would be such a, such an unfair upper hand to have. And it's like, if they did, they could like take them out at any time, really. Yeah, you're right. That's true. That's like the opposite of every superhero thing ever, right? Like there's no secret identity. There's no nothing, you know, at least to the villains, but even the villains in that don't know. Yeah, that, that is a good point. Yeah, I, I don't know. I guess, you know, we just have to suspend disbelief. Yes. I think it's in this two-parter. I could be wrong, but I think it's in this two-parter where the Megazord falls in battle and falls onto a building. It's in one of these episodes. I think yeah. it's in this two-parter. You know, it's never addressed, but, you know, <laughs> yeah. they probably killed a lot of people. Uh, yeah, yeah. You'd think you'd have like a memorial or something. Yeah. You'd think Zordon yeah. would be like, listen, Rangers, you know, great work. <laughs> We need to talk about we need to talk about the casualties, though. I, I wonder if there's like a, now that we're bringing up all this stuff, like there's got to be like a video out there of like all this like stuff, like holes and like all the destruction they caused. I'm gonna like go on YouTube while we're talking, but yeah. um, yeah, it's like uh, I don't know. Again, you know, as a kid, none of this popped in my head, so they probably are just like no one's gonna think about this shit. <laughs> parents aren't parents aren't watching this. I know. Little did they know there would be all, and you know, we're we're one of many power rangers podcasts <laughs> so. oh yeah i mean forget it you know like you know we're, we're not even scraping the surface on like what it's become like you know i know we're talking about 30 years but like i mean you know these guys haven't really done anything else and they have entire careers built around being power rangers you know so there's definitely a resurgence so yeah but anyway so tommy re-enters the picture and zordon is able to charge him up by transferring some of his interdimensional energy Right, because he has the coin yeah. that he had given to Jason, and Zordon is able to charge him up, and Tommy is able to retrieve the dragon dagger which Goldar had taken. And we, oh, and we didn't even talk about that, but they they get that by putting Billy under a spell, and he yeah. enters the the command center and he takes the evil Billy, evil Billy. Yeah. Uh, so, but you know, Alpha, yeah, yeah. But so Tommy is able to uh, to get the coins back and 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 save the day and retain enough power there's some business about how when he touched the energy field that was around the coins that seemed to activate something and allow him to retain his powers because there's this whole bit where he comes back after that battle and he's out of it like it's it's really taken a toll on his body and he's like unconscious and yeah. then all of a sudden he rises <laughs> very dramatic i love yeah. that yeah, that is interesting. I um, you know, I was thinking about too with like every episode, like Zordon just is like, oh yeah, by the way, there's yeah, there's this thing where we can fix this. I, I I've totally forgot about it till now. It was almost like sixty six Batman where they're like, they're in the Batcave and there's like whatever they need that week, like bat shark propellant, bat whatever, bat this. It's the same thing with Zordon. Well, exactly. You know, in the Gung Ho episode, it's like, oh, there are these weapons that can defeat the super putties, and then actually in. The next episode that we'll talk about, Green Dream, where Tommy is once again put under a spell, uh, his mission in that episode is to convince the Rangers to summon the Sword of Power. Yeah. According to IMDb trivia, like we never, like that never comes yeah, we'll back. Yeah, we never so, see it again, yeah. You know, there's always, 
you know, always some device, some weapon, something. Uh, and Zordon always knows. Yeah. Which never that, mentions beforehand, though. He's not never proactive with any of this stuff. No, no. He's, he's Zordon is definitely very reactive. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the other thing <laughs> that, I, that I clocked, this goes back to the, uh, the gung-ho episode with the super putties where uh, Zordon calls up on the viewing globe the creation of the super putties. Like he actually shows Finster putting the clay into, you know, it's the footage that we yeah, had just yeah, seen. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Why don't they do that all the time, right? <laughs> that's the thing. I'm like, you can see onto Rita's moon base? <laughs> you can see everything. And Rita can see everything with her telescope. It's just, yeah. it's, it, I guess that's the thing. Like this is not a game of subterfuge. It's yeah. like the other, each side knows what the other is doing. It's really this battle of, of wills. Yeah, yeah, this is funny. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's yeah. a weird, weird dynamic. Uh, but anyway, yeah. So, I mean, at the end of this, we, we get Tommy back. I, I, you know what, man? I give the show credit. I know that they only had so much footage to work with, right? Yeah. So I'm sure that. I'm sure if they had an endless supply of Green Ranger footage, you know, maybe this whole waning power bit would not have been part of it. But I don't care the reason. I think they, this put a really like melancholy spin on it that yeah he's yeah. back but look it's not forever yeah you never i mean it kept you from like it's you know most shows you know by the end of the episode everything's resolved and back to normal like and that was never the case here like you never knew if he was actually gone or he's coming back or so you know that I, I agree with you they really did do a good job especially going back like we're saying oh it's a kid show it's a kid show it's a kid show but that works both ways like a lot of this stuff is pretty heavy you know for a kid show yeah, no, I give them credit. And then, so after this, we get the the green dream where, again, Zed and, and Goldar are trying to accelerate this process and and once again, abduct Tommy and again, put him under a spell. And, yeah, and going back to- spells. And going back to callbacks, I mean, I, like the Rangers, when they realize, you know, what Tommy has done, when he tricks them into calling forth the sword and then he disappears and they're like, I can't believe this is happening again. Like, I really feel for them. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it would have been stuff. like I feel like it would have been cool if Tommy had been able to resist because he had been under a spell before yeah, or something like that. Through. Yeah, that that would be cool. But you're right. You know, they're just they're stuck with whatever footage they had, unfortunately, yeah. for the but, most part. But you know, what? at this point, though, like the show's big, like you figure they could splice in some new footage or something. Well, they so in I know they do in ports, but. Parts, yeah, because there was a point where they actually commissioned from the Japanese show, like they actually commissioned specific like fighting footage. Um, oh, I didn't so know that. Yeah. I don't know the extent uh, of it. Um, and, you know, for people listening, I'm sure there are some of you out there who know you know way more about oh, this, oh, yeah, uh, you know, than I do. And, you know, always feel free to reach out. I, you know, I would I would love to know, uh, you know, I'm doing my research as we're going and, and learning a lot. And it's, it's kind of fascinating to see this whole other side of it that, you know, I was, you know, like oblivious to certainly as a kid. Uh, and now to see how some of this stuff fits together is is, is definitely interesting. Uh, but yeah, I was like, I felt bad for Tommy. Like this guy is just used by these villains. Um, and Goldar in particular, I feel like in these episodes, especially when we get into the Zed territory, like Goldar's really got it out for him. Oh, I know. I know. Yeah. He's like personal with it. You know, I, I, you're right. In the Zed, Zed arc, definitely. He seems a lot more aggressive, Goldar, for whatever reason. Yeah. Although I had this funny thought I'm cu I'm cutting, I'm jumping ahead to the, uh, green no more where, uh, Goldar and Tommy are facing off in the field and, you know, Goldar is ready to, you know, banish Tommy into the time loop or whatever. <laughs> and I said to myself, like, 
part of, <laughs> this is gonna sound stupid, but part of me feels like Goldar like just wants to be Tommy's friend. I like there was this moment where I was like, hey, this would be <laughs> hilarious if Goldar was like, I like I just want to be your friend. Like <laughs> I don't know. I feel like you know, clearly that's not the intention. I, I totally understand that. But I was just, I just said, I don't know. Like he's like really fixated on Tommy. And yeah, I don't know. I guess, I guess <laughs> just cause like they created Tommy and it was Rita's thing and you know, blah, 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 blah. They want it back. Cause I was thinking, I was having the same feelings too. And I was thinking about that. Like, why do they care so much about, why aren't they trying to steal the red Ranger? But then I was like, ah, oh, well, you know, they want their, their property back, you know? All right. So, well, that takes us to, you know, I know we still have Missing Green in the last episode that we watched, but the the last big two-parter, right? Green no more. Mm-hmm. Because in this, now, of course, even with, um, you know, Green Dream, like we're into season two, we're into Zed, we're into that era of the show. Uh, so it's not Rita creating the candle, but it's Zed. But this time Zed has candles for all the Rangers. Yeah, yeah. Which, but did they, did, they didn't explain it, right? Because like in the old one, they said like, you know, Tommy touched it when he was working for Rita and blah, 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 blah. So how did they get the candles for them? Yeah. No, that's the thing. And Zed also has the power to, tra- and, and does transport the Rangers to his other realm where they where their morphers don't work. It's like you can yeah. transport them there. You can tra- like, like <laughs> yeah. Why did you do this every episode, right? Yeah, I don't know. Uh, yeah, and so there's a lot going on in this uh, green no more, right? So we have, uh, wait, I conflated something, right? The can are the candles in the candles are in missing green, right? Not uh, not uh, green no more. Yeah, missing green is. The first ones with Zed? No, that's the last episode that we watched. Uh, so yeah, th- so, so I'm so yeah, so, so yeah, so yeah. it has to be. Yeah, so the well, I mean the the point still stands that like oh Zed yeah. was able to do this, uh, but yeah, that's actually in Missing Green and Green No More. This is where we have the Dark Rangers, and Zed transports them mm-hmm. to this other realm, and he's got this crystal, right? That's siphoning yeah. off the rest of Tommy's powers, yes. and and then so using it to it create to his yeah. his Dark Rangers. So and then there's Turban Shell. The monster that they're fighting. Uh, there's a lot going on here. I was so surprised that we went through this whole business of creating the Dark Rangers. Nothing never happens. To be seen again. Yeah, nothing. Nothing happens. Never to be seen again. Yeah. I don't know. I was a uh, again IMDb trivia. Apparently, and this makes sense because I was like, those costumes look awful. They were repainted putty costumes. Yeah, I that's that's the first thing I, I thought of was the putties, and I'm like, why they don't have anything else? But that makes sense that they repainted them then. And because well, that's what I was thinking. Like, you couldn't have taken Ranger costumes and like darkened them or something. But I guess maybe they couldn't. Like, maybe they really they didn't have the budget for that. That's so crazy to me because now we're in season what like three at this point. Two, this or is, is still it, two. Or is it two? It's still two. Yeah, with that shows up. So like, it's just so crazy that there's that many episodes before season two. But um. <laughs> They had to have had a budget at this point. This is the biggest show in the world at this point. You can make some costumes. Like I, I know people that do that in their spare time. There's cosplayers that do that in their bedroom. You know what I mean? So yeah. I don't know. But according to the trivia, the, the those repainted putty costumes were not durable enough <laughs> for battle. What a surprise. So that's yeah. why they just stand there. It, it, it's so <laughs> funny. But I got to say, out of all the like badass Tommy moments... I think this one takes the cake when he when he's in this other realm powerless and he's fighting first the monster and then Goldar and he's alone. Like he's just alone in this never ending field. 
And yeah. he doesn't have his powers. And he holds his own. Yeah, that really solidifies it for sure. And he says something about that at the end, right? Like, I, it, was, it wasn't it was the always the powers or whatever. It was, you know, my relationships with you guys and blah, 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 blah. Yeah. No, that was a cool touch. Yeah, I, I like that a lot. And again, going back to Goldar, I mean, Goldar really was was giving it to him like psychological psychological warfare he's showing him clips all yeah. the great stuff he's done he's like you'll never do this again it's like oh man like this poor kid he's just a kid yeah, they, they got a lot of footage <laughs> <laughs> they're just like call stuff up on demand <laughs> i know as a kid you're watching this it's like man i wish i i, I could do this yeah. i could actually go back and watch these episodes yeah. no dvr but nick goldar yeah, but no, Tommy, you know, he's got, you know, one moment in particular with Goldar where he's like, he gets serious, you know, hang time in the air as he's flipping and, and he really, yeah, that was, that yeah. was cool. That was really cool. He's the cool. best. I mean, that's it. He's the best. There's some time travel involved as well. Yeah, that, that, I, that, that really stood out to me too. I was like, do you know, like, do they ever do any other time travel stuff in the future? I don't remember anything else, but. I mean, I do remember later on, there's the, thing. there's the return of the Green Ranger, uh, three-parter where they where they do go back in time but as far as something like this mm. i don't think so also i don't i don't know that the time travel mechanics quite work out but we'll, we'll let that slide <laughs> yeah, yeah that makes sense, whatever. <laughs> and my other favorite part about this no my genuine my genuine favorite part was tommy holding his own in that field and then like you said the the lesson that he's learned at the end i really think that especially for kids right it's not you know this is kind of like uh, my other podcast, Digging for Kryptonite, I end every episode by saying it's a Superman quote. It's it's about what you do. It's about action. Same type of thing here. Like it's not the what costume you have, what color ranger you are, <laughs> what power. It's it's what you do. And you saw Tommy at really his lowest, his, you know, in theory weakest. And he was still able to, to win yeah. the day. So uh, I, I like that. The thing that made me laugh though was Tommy goes back to uh, the, the, you know, Zed's other, other world or other realm uh, to destroy the green crystal. Right. And once he does that, then the Rangers morphers work again and the dark Rangers are no longer a threat. Do you watch the pitch meeting uh, YouTube series by any chance? I think I've seen like a clip here and there, but I don't actively watch it. They're hilarious. Uh, shout out to Ryan George, the guy who does it. They're so funny. And there's this running bit in, in every episode where, the executive, you know, is talking to the writer. He plays both, both people. And, you know, the writer, you know, is like, oh, you know, the character will do this, this, and this. And the executive is like, oh, is that going to be really difficult? And he goes, no, super easy, barely an inconvenience. <laughs> That's what I felt like watching this. It's like, Tommy's like, he's got to go back into the dimension. He's got to get past Zed and Goldar. has got to destroy this crystal. He just teleports in. It's right there. He <laughs> smashes it and That's it. <laughs> we, we got two minutes left of, of show. Make it work. It was right. barely an inconvenience. Fairly yeah, like you said, yeah, he can teleport then, you know, but before they need all this other stuff to get there, it's, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know, man. I know we have, well, we talked a little bit about the Zords, but one of the things that we see in, I think this is going back to Green Candle, forgive me if I'm mixing up episodes, yeah. but. Yeah, it is a blur. But you actually get to see Tommy in the Dragon Zord, which was exceedingly rare. I think, I don't yeah. know if they ever did it other otherwise. Yeah, no, I don't think so. Even in the intro, I, that's something I noticed too. That in like when they show him standing on the head of the dragons, and it's like so clearly just like a crappy little action figure, like glued on. And I just never noticed that before either. I went so on YouTube. Stuff. I was looking for um, 
behind the scenes footage of the Zord battles. Oh, yeah. And I actually yeah. found some stuff. It's it is rare. The the YouTube title tells you that as well. Very rare footage. And it's just like, you know, very grainy, like behind the scenes stuff. But yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it's just guys in these costumes and, you know, the little miniature buildings and vehicles and stuff. Yeah. Like it's but it's wild to see, you know, what it yeah, actually looks like. Basically just Godzilla, you know. Yeah. Same thing. But I said this last time, I'll probably keep saying it. I still take that over the CGI that they do in the modern episodes. Oh, yeah, 100%. It, 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 and it holds, you know, as cheesy as it is and stuff like that, it holds up. It's the same thing when you watch 80s movies and it's just puppets and stuff like that. It still looks good. And then CGI from even like a decade ago looks horrid. You know? Yeah. So I agree. Practical always. Yeah. And then so the last episode we watched, Missing Green, I know we've, we've been talking about aspects of it. So, yeah, this is the one with the candle. And, you know, Jason has to, you know, redeem himself, I guess, where... Uh, the other four rangers are taken and imprisoned in the dark dimension or a version of it. And the candles are going to burn out. And Tommy, uh, Tommy, uh, Jason has to face off with the monster uh, that we buy himself. And he does it in his own. He does it by himself. Is it solo Zord battle? Yeah. 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 That was the first time. Like, I forget what he <sighs> remind me again. Like, I knew all this stuff like the back of my hand. But like, why do the Thunder Zords? I just noticed in that one particular episode, like it changes from tyrannosaurus to the thunderzord and he summons it and he's like tyrannosaurus uh red dragon thunderzord power like what was the deal with that do you remember i don't i don't I, I don't remember that being the case all the time i feel like they just summoned the new version later on i don't know maybe i'm wrong yeah i'm not i'm not totally clear i also know though and i think i came across this on imdb that i think maybe it was this instance where it was a flub because like, i don't know if you noticed in this episode but when jason is morphed that's not Austin St. John's voice. Oh, yeah. Something, I, I, it sounded like he was like talking from far away or yelling or something was way off with it. Yeah. What, what's the deal with that? Because that did catch my ear. I mean, we're getting into the period of time where the actors playing Jason Trini and, and Zach had left. And then we were, we, you know, we were just seeing archived recycled footage and you know, stunt people in the suits with, you know, other voice actors dubbing them over. Yeah, so um, But we're still a bit ahead of that. So I don't know if that was what was going on here. Cause it's, it's still like in, you know, white light, for example, you know, they're still there and everything. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know for sure, but that would have been not sick him. that day. Or maybe they did an overdub, like after they shot the other stuff or like, who the hell knows Could've yeah. been anything, but yeah, I definitely noticed something. It sounded like him, but not him. Yeah. 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 Yeah, that was weird. Uh, but, you know, he had his That's moment awesome. of, of redemption. And then we got to see, or, or the Rangers got to see via the viewing globe, uh, Tommy at his uncle's cabin in yeah. white. Oh, yeah. I didn't think about that. He was oh, clad in white and writing shadow. a letter, writing a letter to the Rangers, letting them know that he's going to be all right. He doesn't blame Jason. Yeah. And he wants Jason <laughs> to win the tournament that he's that he's practicing for. It's like, you can do it, Jace. And Jason does. He's not fighting anyone. It's just demonstrating the technique. Yeah. And he does it so well, they instantly give him the award. <laughs> and they, you know, Zach and Billy hoist him up into the air. And he's like, this is for Tommy, wherever you are. And you feel like the rest of the people, they were probably, what the hell is this guy talking about? <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Also, yeah, I was thinking about that too. Like, Tommy just disappears a lot. Like, nobody questions, like, he's not in school. He's not this. He's not that. Like, he's just gone. Every time something <laughs> happens, he's just out of Angel Grove. Like, well, like that's interesting, and I and it look in fairness, I know we didn't watch all the episodes in between. Yeah, but 
my sense, I could be, you know, I could be totally yeah. wrong, but my sense is that after Green Candle, I think the idea is that he's there. Like we're just not seeing him, but yeah, that he's, he's still like them. there in the world, right? Yeah. Uh, but then, yeah, definitely in this green uh, missing green episode, like he's just left, like he's you know off at his uncle's cabin. But yeah, like he does disappear, and also in the in the parents' day episode, like you see everyone's parents, but his. Yeah. What's his yeah. deal? He's just like an orphan or something. Like he's just a loner. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I was all of that was like ju- ju- uh, jumping around in my head while I'm watching this. I'm like, what's his deal? Like he he just nobody cares if he's gone. He doesn't follow any rules. He just showed up, right? Like when with uh green with evil he just shows up right like uh yeah so yeah, well they make know. a point about how he just like he's the new kid yeah you know presumably just moved to town but at least he's new in school like they they say that much at least uh yeah i don't know that's look this is one of the reasons why i'm excited to get into the comics because i think my understanding is we get you know we get we definitely get more personal development and, and maybe some more personal backstory and things like that so i'm excited because clearly look as we've talked about there are a lot of opportunities to really flesh out a lot of these pieces. So I'm excited for it. Yeah. All right, man. Anything uh, else that you want to talk about? Anything that we didn't get to that you wanted to? Um, I, uh, no, nah, I mean, I guess we went over everything. I will say that I never, ever, ever for the rest of my life will get sick of hearing the, the dragon dagger noises. Every time he uses that thing, it's just like, I don't know. It's just awoken something inside of me. <laughs> Um, I love that. I love that weapon. It's just so cool. Um, yeah, it's it's good. I, I, I'm definitely going to rewatch this entire series now for sure. At least like the Mighty Morphin run. I don't I don't really care about the rest of it. Um, but yeah, I uh, I'm curious about the comics. I'm I'm excited to listen to those episodes when you get there. I'm gonna I'm definitely gonna dive into all those. But um, yeah. Oh, you know what? One random fun fact. Do you know? Like I I noticed because we do a lot of conventions and stuff. So like. I've spent a good amount of time around pretty much all the Rangers um, who are still with us. Uh, and uh, I never noticed that Zach is missing like fingers. Yeah. Is he missing them in the show? Yeah. Oh, I, I don't know how I never noticed that before until like last year. <clears throat> so I can't take any credit and I don't mean to sound like a broken record with this friggin' IMDB trivia, but it was very <laughs> helpful to me because they do mention that and, and how you know, I mean, certainly when it's the Japanese footage of the Black Ranger, of course, you know, he's got all his fingers, yeah. but even when it's American footage of the Rangers, but it's the stunt double, you can yeah. see all the fingers. I was trying to notice it in the, it was, it was hard to, yeah, I couldn't, pick I couldn't it out. see him missing ever. But so I guess it was like a birth defect or something, not to yeah. get off track. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know if he, if it was, he was yeah. born that way or if there was an accident or something like that. But uh, yeah, I think he's missing him. Well, I don't know if that it's multiple. I thought it was just one. Uh, right? Maybe. Yeah. You know, I, I don't, I don't remember, <laughs> but I remember I went to like shake his hand or something and I was like, wait a second, he's got no finger. Um, unless it's his thumb or I don't know, we're getting off track. But yeah, I, I was really curious about that because I spent all the episodes trying to see his fingers and I never, never noticed. Yeah, I mean, and, you know, speaking of what you do in conventions, so in addition to owning Undiscovered Realm, a gaming and Funko Pop store, uh, which I encourage everyone to check out. I mean, certainly if you're in the Westchester area, it's in White Plains, New York, uh, or online, right? Is it undiscoveredrealm.com? Yeah, yeah. I hope people will check that out. You Thank also you. own the tattoo shop Addicted to Ink. Uh, so if anyone has yeah. tattoo needs and you're in the uh, Westchester area. Somewhere. I got a Green Ranger tattoo. See? I'm, oh, a, you d- I'm a hardcore fan. Yeah, this is one of the first tattoos I got, actually. Even, like, way after. I hadn't watched it in forever, but I was like, 
It was always with me. So yeah. And I'm I like, did I never notice that? I don't, yeah. like <laughs> I don't know if you guys can see. Can, are, are people going to see this video? No, they no, won't. It's just audio. Just okay. audio. Good. I was going to apologize again. I just moved. So like behind me is just a mess. And I, I got the desk set up and everything else is in a pile. But yeah, I have a, a whole back of my forearm Green Ranger tattoo. That's awesome. And he got the dagger. Yeah, I love it. You know, yeah. I was so I was going to say with, uh, you know, in addition to the stores, you also put on uh, Undiscovered Con. Yeah. And you know, I had the, the good fortune to be able to moderate a panel with Johnny Young Bosch and Catherine Sutherland. And that was, you know, you talk about surreal experiences to be up on stage with them and to be asking yeah. them questions about the episodes and the movie and stuff like that. It was so, it was so fun. It was, you know, again, very surreal, but like you said, you've met and, and in like that case, like worked with, like you booked them as guests. I'm just curious. I mean, any, any specific encounters with any of the Rangers that come to mind that, either were particularly meaningful or surprising or like they told you something about the show or something that you were like, Oh, I can't believe that was anything, anything that that really stands out. No, not really. Um, you know, like when they're out with the crowds and stuff like that, they're on, you know, like you kind of get to see when you're booking them or you're dealing with them behind the scenes, you really get more of a sense of how they are as people. Um, some people are definitely more diva like than you would think. Um, and then other people are just like really cool. Um, so that's always interesting. Like I've literally had like, you know, Rangers call me on my cell phone and like, you know, it's just like a weird thing. Like I remember I was in the car with my wife at the time and like, um, the second red Ranger, Steve Cardenas, he like called me up to ask a question about something. And she's like, so does a power ranger just call you? Like what the hell? And it's weird, right? Like you kind of get used to it, but like, it's still surreal. Like you said, like you're, you could go back and tell a little kid, Anthony, that you're going to be on stage interviewing these two Rangers when you're in the theater watching the movie, you'd be like, what? You know? So yeah, it's it's weird. Um, yeah, some of them are nicer people than others, but they're all pretty pretty cool. Um, and uh, yeah, it it's it's been fun, you know, getting I, to dive behind the curtain. I, I won't ask who the most difficult is. I you know I I, I think yeah. I know, but I won't ask. But that, but who like would you say like who stood out the most as being just like really nice or down to earth or just, like more personable than you than you expected? Um, Catherine Sutherland is by far the nicest. She's a, she's a sweetheart. Um, not that the other ones aren't nice. Um, you know, like David Yost, super nice guys. He's kind of neurotic. He is kind of Billy like, um, um, very particular, like things need to be how he needs them. Um, or he's not happy. Um, but not in a bad way. Just, just that's his personality type. Um, Jason David Frank is really cool. I mean, you know, he's, he's my favorite by far um but but yeah i mean they're all they're all cool in their own way i've spent the most time around steve cardenas um because like he's good friends with a, a good friend of mine so like when during the pandemic like he was um kind of like just couch surfing because he had a, he lives in england now and he had to stay here um because he was getting his vaccine and he had to wait for both doses before he could go back to england so he's literally just staying on my friend's couch like up or in his spare bedroom or something i don't know for like a month and, you know, it's funny, like Power Rangers just at his house for a month straight. So, like, you know, we've I've eaten around him. We've, you know, it's it's funny. Like, so, yeah, yeah, they're all they're all cool, though, in their own ways. Zach is is very much Zach. Like he, he does his little dances and he still does all that stuff. Like there's a surprisingly now that you mention it, like there's a lot of their real personalities in their characters, to be honest. Um, and and Kimberly is really short. That's that's the other takeaway. Like, it's crazy. She is tiny. She's got, I don't know how tall she is, but she's got to be like five feet tall. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, anyway, they're all cool. Very cool. All right, man. Listen, thank you very much for doing this. This was, this was so much fun. I, so I, I thank you for taking yeah. the time to watch uh, and, and to have this discussion. 
yeah, no, thanks for, um, you know, giving me a reason to rewatch everything. And now I'm definitely going to watch the rest. And uh, I'm excited to hear the rest of these episodes as a fan. So I um, can't wait. Awesome. Well, everyone, make sure you check out Undiscovered Realm. Check out Addicted to Ink. And yeah, man, make sure you come back next month. We are going to start diving into the Boom Studios Mighty Morphin Power Ranger series. That'll be our next couple of episodes, which will bring us to the end of 2022. And uh, we'll just keep rolling on from there. So make sure you come back then. And until then, have a Morphin Month. Support the show and receive exclusive additional content, including my DC Movie Rewatch podcast at patreon.com slash anthonydesiato. Thank you to all patrons for enabling me to produce this show. Also, be sure to explore the other shows within the Flat Squirrel Podcast Network, which is home to Digging for Kryptonite, another exciting episode in The Adventures of Superman, Summoning the Zords, and My Comic Shop History, all hosted by yours truly. Subscribe for free wherever you get your podcasts. Visit flatsquirrelproductions.com for more. Thank you all.